It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, what's happening in the Middle East as Israel keeps waging war against Hamas terrorists in Gaza while also battling Hezbollah militants backed by Iran and Lebanon. Just before President Biden went to Israel to show American support on Wednesday, we talked to someone who's played a key role in our foreign policy in the past. Michael Allen was special assistant for national security to President George W. Bush, and he had a lot to say about Israel and fighting terrorism and the threats the FBI is warning us about here at home. He said too much for us to fit into our rundown podcast the other day, so here we are, letting you hear the entire conversation like we do twice every weekend with these extras. We thank you for being here. Please come back. You know, we make more every day. Now, Michael Allen on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us now on the Fox News Rundown is Michael Allen. He was former Special Assistant for National Security to President George W. Bush years ago, currently following where we are in the Israel-Hamas war. By the time this goes out, it'll be day 11 of the conflict that started, of course, with the Hamas terror attack across the border into Israel on October 7th. Michael, thanks very much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. So one of the things that has, there's lots of outshoots from this conflict. One of the things that was brought up was the FBI director, Christopher Wray, said over the weekend that there has been an increase in reported uh, terror threats in the U.S. potentially, that there is the chance that we could have some sort of a Hamas-type inspired attack. How realistic is it that a terror threat here, the, th- the chances of something has increased? Well, thanks so much for having me. I think we have to take it very seriously. Um, This dastardly attack by Hamas has really put people around the globe on edge. We've seen attacks on synagogues and Jewish community centers in the past. I think it's certainly plausible that you could see not only the threats that the FBI director described, but I think you could see increased attacks on these type of Jewish targets, if you will. So I think it was prudent to warn about it so that everybody is on their toes. What are we looking for? What things is the FBI trying to find? What would stand out as, "Uh uh-oh, we have a problem here? I think that the FBI has eyes on a number of people who are, I would call it, Hezbollah or Hamas, sympathizers, maybe people who want to facilitate fundraisers for those groups. They may be under surveillance by the FBI, waiting for them to interface with other more senior people in those organizations. Sometimes it's best just to watch people and see what else you can learn. So I think it's likely that the FBI is maybe turned up their ears on some of what's going on 
with these would-be sympathizers here in the United States. So you think these are people that they already knew, and then they're they're wanting maybe a little more attention on them? I think so. I think that while terrorism has not been as pronounced as it has been in the past because we're so far after our successful slaying of Al-Qaeda, I still think this is a no, this is still a priority for the FBI. I know they're watching would-be Iranian assets who want to kill members of the Trump administration for one of the attacks that we pulled off, pulled off in Iraq on one of the top terrorists from Iran. That was a general, so, right? A, a, from the Revolutionary Guard, is that right? You got it. His name is Qasem Soleimani. He had American blood on his hands especially the remember the ieds the improvised explosive devices that killed so many hundreds of americans in iraq i think that's in part what motivated president trump to take him out but i think iran is trying to think of this in the long term they want to come back after us at some point and this may be an opportunity when they start to either insert sleeper cells into the united states or otherwise radicalized would-be friends of Hamas or Hezbollah who remember the term from Al-Qaeda when we used to talk about lone wolves and self-radicalization on the internet. It could very well be that that's just the type of people we need to be looking after as well. Yeah, and sometimes those they just pop up. I mean, you didn't didn't even know that person existed. Suddenly they're there and they do something, right? That's what makes it so difficult. There's only so many things you can do if you're our law enforcement agencies, if a particular would-be terrorist is not in communication with other known associates, people that we're tracking or interested in. So it's one of the hardest problems in law enforcement. But I think that we're trying at least to combat that at a minimum by having greater protection at synagogues and Jewish community centers around the country. All right. Now, it's not just going to be anti-Semitism. There may be people who take action against people of Muslim faith. For instance, over the weekend in suburban Chicago, there's a man who's accused of stabbing a six-year-old boy to death and wounding the boy's mother. And the accusation is, I mean, he's charged with two counts of hate uh, and, and murder as well. But... The accusation is that that he was very angry watching the news about the Hamas terror attack and the war Israel's got raging on against them. And basically, he wanted to go after Muslims. That's the other side of this coin, right? I mean, that, that there's that risk, too, that threat, too. Isn't it sick? I mean, this is just the kind of thing that Hamas wants to happen. They want to see warfare across the globe. They want to see this type of violence. They, by the way, don't care about their own people. They think it would be to a higher cause if Muslims were perhaps slaughtered by would-be vigilantes or people that were inspired by, inspired to hit back at um, people of Muslim faith. You know what? President Bush, not long after 9-11, went up to a mosque in suburban Washington, D.C., and talked about how it's not the American way to vilify a full number of people or a total religion that Al-Qaeda had perverted Islam. I think the same thing goes for what we're experiencing today. We don't want to do what Hamas wants us to do, which is sort of engage in 
hatred and inspire religious war. We need to go after our targets. That's all we can afford to go after, by the way, and ensure that our own people don't get dragged into this here in continental United States or as they travel overseas. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. When you look at Hamas, what would be different? I've heard a lot of people compare what Hamas has done slaughtering Israelis in that terror attack to ISIS and, and, and the tactics it used in Iraq and Syria. What's the difference between these two organizations? Not a whole lot, honestly. Um, Hamas is sponsored, of course, by Iran, and that's not who was the primary sponsor behind ISIS. ISIS was sort of self-generating in Iraq as a result of a U.S. pullout Um, somewhat inspired by the presence of U.S. troops as we began to degrade al-Qaeda. Hamas, however, is, I think, um, up until Saturday, they were considered a lot less capable because they were fully dependent upon aid and assistance from Iran. And it wasn't, or so it seemed, it wasn't all that easy to be able to get them the aid and assistance that they needed. Mm -hmm. But all of that has been blown up now. We had an huge failure of intelligence, a failure of imagination. And not only will Israel go through what's called a commission of inquiry to figure out what happened, I think we'll have a lot of retrospectives inside the U.S. government, in particular, the U.S. intelligence community. Did we miss any signals? Were our analysts looking looking at the wrong signposts? Mm -hmm. So I I think that's part of what's going to happen in the future and we need to compare and contrast all these terrorist groups and figure out who's a threat to the united states and our allies all right now what about hezbollah because are are they labeled the same way as considered a terrorist organization as hamas is they are indeed they are primarily in lebanon which is by now a totally failed state and it's on the northern border of israel and there have been rockets from hezbollah going across the border into israel too Many rockets have gone across. The best analysis, I think, so far is that it's been a bit of a skirmish, not a concerted effort by Hezbollah. I think it's a little bit of a warning for Israel of, hey, if you escalate too much, we're going to bomb you from the north. But look, Hezbollah has, if you can believe this, greater capabilities than Hamas. They have closer to nation state capabilities when it when it um, comes down to the type of weaponry especially the missilery that they have. So I think there's a lot to watch in the North. Israel, of course, doesn't want a two-front war right now. Right, right. And, and, and that, I think, is in Israel's interest, just to focus down in the South on Gaza for now, try not to provoke Iran much further, because what they don't need is raining rockets and Hezbollah forces coming over the northern border and Israel having to split its forces. So what? one of the things that I've tried to understand in this, Hamas has fired rockets into Israel for years. There's been skirmishes back and forth for years in the Gaza Strip between Israelis and Palestinian militants and terrorists. So why this attack now? What would be the motive? Is Hamas trying to have Israel overplay its hand and have the world turn against them? I mean, what is the deal? I think that what... Most of all, 
informed the timing here was that the Saudis, Saudi Arabia and Israel are having very serious conversations about normalizing relations. That would be a huge blow to Hamas, Hezbollah and Iran and the rest. That's a huge blow to people who want a two-state solution in Israel to have a Palestinian state because it's symbolic of what we think has been going on for the last 10 to 12 years anyway, which is the Gulf Arabs and other Muslims in the region have not been as interested as they were in the past in a two-state solution. They've washed their hands of the Palestinians. They think they're corrupt. They think that there was nothing they could do to make it better vis-a-vis the Palestinian Authority, which is the ruling entity in the West Bank. And so I think Iran had to say, wait a minute here. We need to scotch this deal. We need to make sure that we derail the talks as they are today, because it would be a blow for our larger strategic interests in the region for Saudi Arabia, the people that have the two holiest sites at least two of the three top holiest sites in the religion of Islam make friends with the great Satan, if you will, Israel. I think that was too much for them to risk. It was a strategic loss, and they went guns a-blazing into Israel to blow up the deal. President Biden said on 60 Minutes that he still wants a two-state solution with the Palestinian Authority, but not Hamas. He thinks Israel needs to destroy Hamas. How, since Hamas has been in control in Gaza, how do you do that? It's so difficult because, you know, the Israelis, for all the um, insults that go their way about being a, quote, occupying force, they don't want to occupy Gaza. They haven't since 2007. They would love nothing more, I think, for it to be a normally functioning region because they, of course, don't want a restive terrorist network on their borders. So I think the Israelis and the United States and others are searching for what is who is the governing authority going to be when all of this is over? It can't be Hamas. The Palestinian Authority, which you know loosely rules over in the West Bank, is incompetent. Um, so I think there's a real dilemma here of how do we make this a governable piece of land so it's less of a headache for Israel and, of course, the United States? Well, when we went, the world, our allies— Allied forces went into Libya and took out Gaddafi. And there was a vacuum, and still is, really, of leadership in that country. It's not a good place. Obviously, it wasn't a great place under Gaddafi, but now without him in charge, it's been you know a lot of factions fighting each other. How, if there's a vacuum in the destruction of Hamas, how does the Palestinian people, how do the Palestinian people gather and find a new leader? There's Islamic Jihad that's in there too, right? They are, and in many ways, they're more brutal than Hamas. There is no good outcome here. I think, honestly, the Mahmoud Abbas, of course, is the president or the leader of the Palestinian Authority. He's very old by now, and uh, you know, just not to get not to get too down in the weeds um, today. But you know, they need a new leader there. They need a new regime, if you will, 
that is more broadly representative of the Palestinian people. They need to put some good governance under their belt and begin to inspire confidence. I think that may be the only option in the long term. But in the short to medium term, I think we're in real trouble. For now, I think the Israelis are going to go in block by block and try and root and branch Hamas out of Gaza. But during all that time, we're going to have to work it with the Gulf Arabs and, of course, we, the United States and Israel, to find some sort of legitimizing governmental authority in that region for the Palestinians so that they have more hope. And over time, we can settle this region down. We are making a presumption that Hamas gets destroyed, that Israel does win and do that. Is that easier said than actually done? Much easier said than done. The Israelis are going to go in with combined arms, dismounted entities. They have specific targets in mind from their human intelligence and their signals intelligence. They're going to figure out where the safe houses are. They're going to go after missile factories. They're going to do what they can to get and rescue some of the some of the factories. But you know what this is going to look like? It's going to look like what the United States had going in Iraq. They called it the virtuous cycle of intelligence. You have to find a terrorist. You have to fix them, finish them, exploit the site and do it all over again. You go piece by piece, bit by bit, 24 hours a day, over and over, find out where these people are, root and branch them out. All the while trying to watch your six, if you will, watch all around you so that you aren't hit by any RPGs that any of the terrorists might have. And you have to watch for these IEDs, these booby traps. And there's so many tunnels, right? I mean, they're underground. And how do you find it's hard to find them? It's going to be insanely hard. But I think they have just made the calculation that there's no other way to do it. If we don't do it now, they're going to come do this again one day. We have got to go in right now and work it as hard as we can to blow up the tunnels, to kill Hamas, to eliminate their safe houses and all of their weaponry. Um, of course, the big question, as you know, is how long can the United States run and cover for Israel, give the Israelis to go do what they needed to do? Right, because the civilian death toll is going to go higher and higher and higher. And obviously, there's already a whole problem with food and medicine and water. It's a real difficult situation already. It's a big problem. I remember when President Bush was giving cover to the Israelis to go into Lebanon and beat up Hezbollah in 2006 and 2007. I think it lasted 34 days. I remember Bush getting a lot of grief of you need to pull the Israelis back. They're killing too many civilians. Um, this, I think we, the United States, can give them a little bit longer of a leash, but that's not as much time as they need. Let's just assume it's 60 days. That's They need more time than that to to effectuate this plan we've just discussed in Gaza. So there's a lot of international politics and public opinion that's going to be informing how much Israel can get away with in the future to try and root and branch Hamas out of Gaza. In the meantime, we have to watch that somebody doesn't plan some sort of a larger scale terror attack on us, right? You're exactly right. That's why we have the Department of Homeland Security. That's why we have the FBI and state and local that have been working together in fusion cells at least since 9-11. And so we just have to be vigilant. Remember, it's see something, say something. It's support 
our law enforcement to try and do what they need to do. I'm not overly concerned about it, to be honest with you. I think it's a real possibility, and I think the FBI director was fine to warn about it. We should take it seriously, as I said at the beginning, but I wouldn't alter your everyday schedule. Um, I would be worried if I ran a mosque, I'm sorry, a um, Israeli community center, a Jewish community center, or a synagogue, I'd be worried, and I would ask for additional security, but, um, but I don't know if I would overdo it. Michael Allen, former special assistant for national security to President George W. Bush. Thank you very much for joining us. Anytime. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.